Welcome to the Shit Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Liz Broder. Are you ready to shoot the shit? Welcome back to Shit Talk. Happy Labor Day. Here we are in September. I say this every week, but time just fucking flies. I have to do some self-promotion, which if you've been listening, you know I hate this, but if you haven't already, please rate, review, subscribe to Shit Talk, wherever you are, Apple, Spotify, Amazon, Google Podcasts, whatever. Please take the time to rate, review, and subscribe. I would greatly appreciate it. (sighs) Okay, my self-promotion is finished. Don't worry. I'm talking about sleep today. That's one of my favorite topics. I feel like it's everyone's, a lot of people's favorite thing to do. Most people are sleep deprived. I don't know why that is. I don't know why it goes so overlooked and underappreciated. Sleep is so important. I want to say before I get into that, I was talking to someone recently and they were like, every episode you should like rant on, they didn't say rant, but they were like, you should talk shit about you know, things that are going on in your life right now that, you know, bother you and need to be called out or all the dumb shit you see in New York. And a part of me was like, so first of all, it's clear you've never listened to the show because I rant plenty. But second, I was also like, there's, I mean, I could talk shit about so many things. I would never actually get to my topics. So if you have an opinion on this, please feel free to DM me. I like to think I do a nice balance of things that are relevant, social things, pop culture, things that I've experienced that I'm like, this needs to be mentioned. And then also talking about the gut, wellness, nutrition, whatever. But obviously I want to give the people what they want. So if they want to hear more of me ranting about insane things, I'm happy to do it because I have a lot to say about a lot of things. But I also just feel like this should be purposeful and I try to provide helpful info. And then I pepper in things as they're relevant or as they come to me. So just mentioning that. Okay. Today we're talking about sleep. I want to say like all human beings, it's like everybody poops, everybody sleeps. Not everybody sleeps. We are supposed to, but not everybody does. The CDC recommends seven hours or more per night for adults ages 18 to 60. I don't think that's news. Most people know like, oh, get your eight hours. That's a magic number seven hours or more what's recommended. Some people are good on five. Some people need 10. As per usual, everything needs to be personalized. But let's get into some of the science. This, again, also not so shocking, but a lot of recent studies have suggested, suggested, suggested that microbial metabolites, or by that I mean like short chain fatty acids, things that your gut microbiome produces. So microbial metabolites, our serotonin system. They call it the seroten- sero- serotonergic system. I don't like that. I'm just going to say the system that regulates serotonin. The vagus nerve and immune reactions are all modes of communication via the microbiome gut-brain access that regulates and helps impact sleep. So just to repeat that, this means basically our gut's microbiome, our serotonin, our vagus nerve, and our immune systems all have a hand in sleep regulation. That was my purpose in, in telling you that just the point is so many things impact our sleep. So if you're not feeling well, if your gut is off, 
if your serotonin is off. This is all going to impact your sleep. Just keep that in mind as I am sitting here spitting science at you. Okay, I'm jumping right into it. And then later, I'm going to give you some tips on how to maintain good sleep, keep regular sleep, and the gut and sleep. But first, August 2023 study published in the the European Journal of Nutrition. It found irregular sleep patterns are associated with harmful gut bacteria. Huh, who knew? This study found multiple associations between what they're calling social jet lag and diet quality, diet habits, inflammation, and the gut microbiome composition. Now, to be clear, they call it social jet lag. I want to explain what that is. Basically, that's the shift in your internal body clock when your sleeping patterns change between work days and weekends. So you're waking up at 7 a.m. for work every day versus say you let yourself sleep in till 10 and you don't use an alarm on weekends. That's what they're referring to as this concept of social jet lag. And these changes impact your internal body clock. But I just wanted to define that because I do use that term several times. It's used in the study. Previous studies have focused more on shift workers, like night workers, when they've been looking into sleep. But that's why this science was so interesting because it actually focused more on nine to fivers, people who have an alarm, they're going to work Monday through Friday, nine to five, something like that. And then don't use an alarm on weekends and wake naturally. So it's more generalizable because I would say a majority of people are doing a nine to five thing versus shift workers. So this study showed that even small differences in sleep timings during the week are linked to differences in gut bacterial species. Some of these associations were linked to dietary dietary differences, but their data also indicated that there were some other unknown factors that were involved. So just keep that in mind. But it's also fascinating. This science comes from Zoe. Um, I've mentioned them before. They're the ones who I took like the microbiome test and they deemed me a super pooper. They have really interesting science and really interesting studies. But so in a group of 934 people from the Zoe Predict study, It's the largest ongoing nutritional study of its kind. Researchers assessed blood, stool, and gut microbiome samples. And they also looked at glucose measurements in those whose sleep was irregular compared to those who had routine sleep schedules. So while previous studies that have looked into associations between social jet lag, lag and metabolic risk factors, They've done it in populations that were obese or had diabetes. What was so interesting about this study is that it consisted primarily of lean, healthy individuals, most of which who were getting seven hours of sleep per night or more throughout the week. So again, makes it a little bit more generalizable unless you are that other extreme case. But researchers found, this is why I like the study, researchers found that just a 90-minute difference in the timing of the midpoint of sleep was associated with difference in gut microbiome composition. So just 90 minutes difference impacts your gut microbiome. And by that, so they said like 90 minute difference in the timing of the midpoint, basically just meaning like if you're going to bed significantly later or waking significantly earlier. So that's gonna that's what's gonna impact where your midpoint is. But 90 minutes, keep that in mind. These studies showed that having social jet lag was associated with a lower overqual I can't talk, a lower overall diet quality is also associated with higher intakes of sugar-sweetened beverages and lower intakes of fruits and nuts. Now we know a lower intake of fruit and nuts is going to impact the gut because 
Those are fiber and that directly feeds our gut's microbiome. That's why this is important. The study also found that three out of six microbiota species found to be more abundant in the social jet lag group have unfavorable associations with health, including a poor diet quality, indicators of obesity and cardiometabolic health, and markers in your blood related to higher levels of inflammation and cardiovascular risk. What a goddamn mouthful. Oh, man. So if that's not motivating enough to you to keep a consistent sleep schedule, I don't know what is. Previous research research has found social jet lag is associated with weight gain, chronic illness, and mental fatigue. I, I found this to be really fascinating science. And also just to give Zoe more credit, they have other research that showed that people who went to bed earlier and slept longer had better blood sugar control after their first meal that next morning, aka they had more stabilized blood sugar levels. And they also found people that slept for longer than usual on one single night can improve blood sugar control after breakfast, while going to bed later was associated with worse blood sugar response and eating the next morning. Okay, so what's my point? I'm sharing all this because the point is the inconsistency in sleep schedules that most nine to fivers experience is enough to impact your gut microbiota. And as we know, then negatively impacts your diet and dietary choices. And this is one of those things too. It's a vicious cycle because there's certain, as we're learning, there's certain gut microbes that are correlated with better and worse sleep, but it's hard to get better sleep when you're experiencing this social jet lag, which then impacts your gut negatively. So again, it's sort of like chicken and egg, like which came first, but obviously if you're getting poor sleep, it's impacting your gut. If your gut is not as microbial diverse and as healthy as it could be, it's going to impact your sleep. And it goes over and over and over. So definitely takes intention and mindful choices to break certain habits. But I also think this information is really eye-opening because it really shows you the changes that consistent sleep can have. And just a 90-minute difference in the midpoint fucked shit up. My advice, and I'll get into this more later, but you keeping the same schedule, same sleep schedule for seven days a week if you can, that's really what's going to fight this social jet lag that they're referring to. Okay. A few more tidbits on sleep and the gut. Decreased sleep and inconsistent sleep patterns is associated with higher levels of cortisol and impaired stress response. As we know, cortisol is our stress hormone. I also want to mention cortisol impacts our ability to lose fat, especially midsection. So we see higher levels of midsection fat in those with higher levels of cortisol, and it's a lot harder to lose that fat. So I'm mentioning that because if you are someone trying to lose weight, this is just one of the many reasons why sleep is imperative for weight loss. A 2019 study found that microbiome diversity was positively correlated with sleep efficiency and total sleep time, aka diversity of the gut microbiome promotes healthier sleep and more efficient sleep. Moving on. I'm not getting into the breakdown of that study. I just, I'm pulling the results and I think that those results speak for themselves, but moving on. We've known for years that a lack of sleep disrupts hormone balance and impacts our appetite because lower sleep is correlated with higher levels of our hunger hormone, ghrelin, and lower levels of our satiety hormone, leptin. Now, when we're tired, the body actually craves quick energy. By quick energy, I mean simple sugars, carbs, sugar, because those give us that jolt in energy. Those give us quick, what we call quick energy after a poor night's sleep. Um, so if you think about it after poor night's sleep, we not only have bigger appetites because we have higher levels of ghrelin, we experience higher cravings for this nonsense. That's going to help 
give us quick energy. And again, this is one of those things where it's, it becomes a vicious cycle. Cause don't forget high sugar diets. One, they directly impact the gut microbiota. They definitely increase inflammation and they impact sleep. So here we are, you know, you're not sleeping as well. You're craving more of this shitty sugary food. And then it becomes a vicious cycle. You're going to continue to sleep poorly the more sugar you eat. And then the, the more you continue with poor sleep patterns, the more your ghrelin and leptin hormones are out of whack and you're going to have these higher appetites, less of the satiety hormone. And it's just, again, vicious cycle, not good. Wanted to mention that though, because really important to keep in mind that not just all these changes in the gut microbiota, but your actual hunger hormones are impacted when you have lower quality sleep and sleep for less amounts of time. Another study I looked at, it focused on the neurotransmitter called serotonin. And this was in mice, I have to mention, but still it's interesting information. Serotonin helps regulate sleep cycles and a majority of it is produced in the gut, which I'll get into in a second. But in this study, mice whose gut bacteria had been significantly reduced due to antibiotics had lower levels of serotonin and then therefore disrupted sleep cycles. So we saw a reduced number of healthy gut microbes, and this led to altered serotonin levels and therefore shittier sleep. A bit more on serotonin, just to drive home why it's important for gut health and sleep and why I'm mentioning it. 95% of the body's total serotonin is produced in the gut by your gut microbes. So just that fact in and of itself, if you have less healthy gut microbes or less diverse gut microbiota, you sure as shit no, that's impacting your serotonin. Serotonin, for a reminder, it's a neurotransmitter or a chemical messenger. It helps regulate things like mood, sleep, sexual function, even blood clotting. It's often referred to as the feel-good hormone. And another point I like to mention to people, if you've heard of SSRIs, it's a class of drug often used to treat depression. It stands for selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors. Prozac, Paxil, Zoloft are some pretty well-known examples. But Point is, they help serotonin accumulate in the brain, which then helps boost mood and decrease depressive feelings. So you may not know you are actually familiar with serotonin. I just wanted to mention it. It's also a precursor to melatonin. So most people have heard of melatonin and know it's associated with sleep. It's a hormone actually secreted in response to darkness. This is why it's actually involved in the circadian rhythm, because what happens is once there's a lack of light, the increased amount of darkness is sensed via the optic nerve, your eyes, it signals to the pineal gland in the brain to start producing melatonin. Melatonin then helps make us sleepy, drowsy, relaxes, fall asleep. So here, darkness helps signal to your brain that it's time to produce melatonin. I'm mentioning this because a lot of people will pop melatonin in the evening to help them fall asleep. And I just wanted to establish the connection here between serotonin being a precursor to melatonin and 95% of your serotonin being produced in the gut. So again, if your gut microbes aren't as healthy as they could be, if you're lacking microbial diversity, if there's an issue with your serotonin system or what were they calling it? Serotonin, serotonin, serotoninogenic system. This is all going to directly impact your sleep. So gut health directly impacts your sleep. I also like to mention a lot of people know this, but it's a, it's a cute little tidbit. Tryptophan is a precursor to serotonin. This is something found in turkey. So that's oftentimes why after a big Thanksgiving meal, people, you know, have their turkey comas or they fall asleep, blah, blah, blah. It's because there's this increase in serotonin and it makes you drowsy, sleepy, whatever. It also could just be from 
eating a shit ton at once and then your body collapses. But I just like to mention that so you see the connections there. Now, I have some tips for better sleep. Some are going to be obvious, some not, but I think they all need to be said. The first is go to sleep at the same time every day. Avoid that social jet lag, which is what people experience when they use an alarm Monday through Friday, but then wake naturally on the weekends. If you can, wake the same time every single day and go to sleep at the same time every single day. I know that sounds kind of hard or unrealistic. It's really not. You just have to focus on it and commit to doing it. And then once you get into a groove, it works. I'm not saying that can't go out and have dinner with people or go out for a night in a town. It's just in general, sticking to the same sleep and wake times is very helpful for avoiding that social jet lag. My next tip is cutting off food and drink three hours before bed so you don't wake to pee. Also, digestion can impact your body's ability to fall asleep, which is why we want to cut off food too. I don't know if anyone here uses like the Whoop or the, I use an Aura Ring or whatever trackers, but I personally, since using the Aura Ring, it shows me my resting heart rate and it lowers much, much later. If I eat closer to bed, I'm someone who cuts off very early. And if I happen to have dinner out or I had a late night snack, which is rare, but it happens, it absolutely impacts your body's ability to relax. And even the fact that you're resting heart rate, one, it doesn't go as low. And two, it takes much longer to actually get as low. That's all interfering with your body's ability to recover. So keep that in mind when you're eating late at night. And obviously the drinking part is like, it. if you have to wake up and pee, that's disrupting your sleep. My next point, yeah, just piggybacking off this is alcohol that also screws with sleep. Your resting heart rate definitely doesn't get as low. So we miss out on REM sleep and the quality of our sleep overall is lower. A lot of people just get shittier sleep in general with alcohol. And it's also, I would say it's, this is just me using my common sense. I would say heavier alcohol use also probably associated with going to bed later because you're probably out whooping it up. Not always, but you know, it could be day drinking, but still. Alcohol absolutely impairs sleep. That's like years and years of science. You don't need me to tell you that. My next point is establish a ritual, a wind down ritual. Now, I suggest a podcast because no blue light and weekly habitual. I think it's relaxing. Like for me personally, I know I've mentioned this before, but every Monday Crime Junkie is released. That shit puts me to sleep in 10 minutes. I It takes me three or four days to actually listen to one episode because it's like Pavlov's dog. My body knows because I'm in such a groove with it. It's such a routine. My brain has been trained. I put this podcast on. It means you go to sleep. I, I mean, I today is Wednesday. I'm maybe 20 minutes into this week's Crime Junkie because forget Monday, forget to, I mean, I'm going to have to try and finish it up today. But the point is you want to avoid that blue light in your eye, which definitely prolongs how long it's going to take you to fall asleep. And that includes your phone, your iPad, the TV, so finding something, relaxing music, medita- a guided meditation, or for example, like the podcast, you don't have the blue light in your sleep. And if you stick to it, like I said, it becomes this signal to your brain. Time to shut down, go to sleep. Now, dietary wise, I have some foods to recommend that help with falling asleep. Almonds is one of them. It's loaded with magnesium and melatonin, which are both good for sleep. Kiwis as well, magnesium and melatonin. They help you sleep. I've mentioned this before. Sorry to beat a dead horse, but kiwi is also high in fiber. So if you are someone who runs constipated, it's a great evening snack. Helps you fall asleep. Most people will say they wake up in the next the next morning. 
have a bowel movement. My next offer is Fatty Fish. It's high in vitamin D and omega-3s, both of which help regulate serotonin, which, as we know, plays a big role in circadian rhythm and the sleep-wake cycle. Next, obviously, I can't do a sleep episode without mentioning coffee. 90% of U.S. adults consume some type of caffeine-infused beverage on a daily basis. It's very important to mention that caffeine tolerance varies person to person. I advise cutting caffeine at least six hours prior to bed. Here's why. A study published in the Journal of Clinical Sleep Medicine, yes, there's a real journal called the Journal of Clinical Sleep Medicine. I sort of love that. This study showed 400 milligrams of caffeine taken zero, three, or even six hours prior to bedtime significantly disrupted sleep. So the point here is even at six hours, caffeine reduced sleep by more than one hour. This degree of sleep loss is experienced, if experienced over you know several nights, can have detrimental effects on, on just your cognitive function, your energy, obviously your gut, as we learned earlier. So point is... This is showing six hours. I mean, it depends how late you go to bed. I typically advise people try to do no caffeine past 2 p.m. But if you are someone, you know, based on whenever you go to sleep, if you love caffeine, try not and try to at least cut it off six hours in advance. Also, according to the FDA, the half-life of caffeine, meaning the time it takes for the starting amount of the substance to reduce by half, is between four to six hours. So six hours after drinking it, half of it is still active and present in your body. That's another thing to keep in mind when reducing caffeine. Now, my next tip is if you are someone who got shitty sleep and you wake up and you're exhausted and you're craving simple sugars and all that, and as we know, that's all a vicious cycle, I'm going to say try to fight it. Focus, first off, focus on hydration because that's going to support nutrient delivery, your organs, and help maintain energy levels and dietary focus on those healthy fats because that's what induces satiety. It's going to help reduce those cravings. Hopefully you're going to have less of those quick carbs, that quick energy, that sugar. And yeah, also going to help with, like I mentioned earlier, uh, vitamin D and the omega-3s, which help contribute to the serotonin system. So unfortunately shit happens. We can't all get perfect nights of sleep. Wake up, focus on that water, and focus on eating healthy fats. In terms of supplements, melatonin is a big one. Magnesium is a big one. Um, Magnesium citrate will help you have a bowel movement. Magnesium glycinate helps relax, but less so bowel movement. So if you are someone who does not need help with that and you're more regular, try magnesium glycinate. If you're backed up, try magnesium citrate. But both of them take in the evening will help you relax while asleep. Chamomile tea. L-theanine, both of those things also help us relax. I personally use, I uh, buy Hum Nutrition. I use, they have a supplement called Mighty Night and it has, it's for your skin and it's also for, you take it in the evening. It has valerian root extract and passionflower extract, which are supposed to help you fall asleep. I don't take it every night, but sometimes if I'm having trouble falling asleep, I will take it and it helps me fall asleep. So that's a supplement I personally use and like. My last tip is, Fiber and fermented foods, because as per usual, everything's going back to the gut and microbial diversity. So supporting a healthy gut's microbiome, you're supporting the sleep-wake cycle, you're supporting longer, better, higher quality sleep. And again, it's all a vicious cycle. Better sleep, usually better dietary choices, better energy, better ability falling asleep, then we wake up more easily, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And it all goes back to that gut. 
I also want to mention there's a lot to say on the circadian rhythm. I have a whole episode on it from the end of July. So if you want to learn more about that and the impact that plays with sleep, I think that's a great supplement to this episode if you haven't already listened. I'm not going to sit here and repeat myself because I already have an episode on it. But if you are into sleep regulation, go hit that up. I hope this was helpful and that people fall asleep a little bit earlier, a little bit faster. I don't know why sleep always goes so underrated. I mean, so much happens, especially if you're trying to lose weight. There's so many hormones that are impacted by our sleep, our ability to fall asleep and quality sleep that if you're not getting good sleep and you're trying to lose weight, I promise you that's working against you and it's going to impair your results. So start focusing on sleep and focusing on your gut is focusing on your sleep because it directly impacts it. So hit up that fiber. Like I said, aim for that microbial diversity and go catch some zines. 